This is Mama Unleashed. Knowledge, information, truth and tools for you so you can become the happiest mother you know. Hello and welcome to Mama Unleashed, the podcast for women who want the most out of motherhood. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hacker-Pearson. I'm so excited to share this episode with you today because it has the potential to change your understanding around matrescence and yourself in matrescence, no matter what stage of this life-changing transformation you're in. Today, I'm honored to be speaking with Nikki McCarr. Nikki is a mum, a matrescence educator, and a women's life cycle guide. Nikki created a model around the transitions we go through in matrescence that is incredible and so needed because it gives us language and understanding around matrescence, and it's a map to where we are and what might happen next. Nikki calls it the seasons of matrescence. And it links the seasons of the year, autumn, winter, spring, and summer, together with matrescence. And it's honestly amazing and so comforting for mothers because it takes a lot of the uncertainty and fear of what is happening to us in motherhood away. Today, we delve into Nikki's seasons of matrescence model, her educational program around this, and how this type of language and information is just what we need to make matrescence a commonplace term like adolescents, and thereby support every woman through motherhood. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for being on Mama Unleashed. I'm so excited to speak to you because I'm so interested to, to hear about your um, Seasons of Matrescence model. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit, let's talk about what matrescence is in case there's somebody listening who hasn't come across the word before and, and how you came across matrescence. Sure. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's um, it's going to be really exciting to have this conversation with you and dive into this topic. I came across the word matrescence in, I think it was 2017. A friend had sent me an article um, that was written by Alexandra Sachs called The Birth of the Mother, which was an article that got a lot of traction. Um, it was in the New York Times. And at the time I was working, I had um, built this community for mothers called Mama Tribe. And it was all about connecting mothers locally for friendship and support. And that had really been born through my own experience of becoming a mother, where prior to motherhood, I'd been very career driven. It was a huge part of my identity. I had worked in corporate settings. I was very much um, kind of my identity was very meshed in in this career. And then I had my son and I had really thought up until that point that having a baby would be like just adding an extra you know, point on your CV where you'd say, and mother, and you know, that nothing else would change and that I would go back to my same job and I would feel the same way and I'd have the same goals and that who I was, was was not going to change. And then when I did become a mother, I experienced a huge transformation when all of a sudden I experienced identity loss. I didn't know who I was anymore. Now that I wasn't doing this career, I actually kind of realized that I didn't really know who I was to begin with, that I had kind of come out of, you know, school and had gone into this, this job and, and had found my identity and my sense of self through all of these external measures of, you know, who I thought I was as being this like high achieving, you know, type A, 
mm-hmm. woman who was climbing the career ladder and and all of a sudden now that all of those things were gone and I was a mother I was kind of wondering well actually is that true and is that who I am and what am I actually interested in and what do I like and and at the same time you know integrating mother into my identity feeling not a lot of sense of competency in my role as a mother as we all you know, feel, Mm. I think as new mothers, it's this new job that we've never done before. And for me, so much of my self-worth had been wrapped up in, in being capable and being in control and being really competent. So that was a really big unraveling for me. The other thing that was going on around that time of becoming a mother was this intense feeling of loneliness and isolation. I had just moved to a new city. I live on the Gold Coast, same as you. Mm -hmm. And I um, had just moved here. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any family around. I had missed out on the mother's group. And so I just found myself spending all of this time at home alone with this baby you know, pondering all of these thoughts, mm. who am I now? What happened to me? What's going on in my life? What's happening to my relationship? Um, and it was really, really isolating and it had a huge impact on my experience as a new mom. And so through that um, sort of experience of matrescence, which I didn't know that that's what it was at the time, but now I do, mm. um, and this experience of loneliness and isolation, I started this community um, with a friend that was basically around this idea of we shouldn't be going through this alone. And why are we like, why are mothers left at home alone for eight hours a day by themselves when we would never do that to the new baby? Why are we doing it to new mothers? Mm. How does this experience of isolation and and being disconnected from community and elders and other mothers impact our experiences? And so I was having a conversation with a friend one day and we became really riled up about it. We're like, where's the village? (laughs) As so many of us, you get to that moment where we're like, I was told there would be a village and there's not one here. And we um, were on this phone call and and I said, you know what, let's just do something about it ourselves. And so I pulled out my laptop and I did this really impassioned, you know, post on Facebook saying, you know, this is, it's it's not good enough and we're going to start this community. We're going to bring mothers together and our motto is no mum left behind. And so we started this community and within two months it had grown to 10,000 members. Wow. Over the course of three years it grew to 40,000 And it was really around this idea of bringing women together, bringing mothers together so that they can have those social connections, so that they can realize that they're not alone, so that they can have people who get what they're going through and and knowing that that actually has a really big impact on our experience and it has a really big impact on our well-being. Like we know from research that loneliness and isolation is one of the risk factors for developing postnatal depression and yet so many mothers are left alone. And that was a part of my story as well. You know, I did end up being diagnosed with postnatal depression when my son was six months old. For me, I don't believe it was a biological, you know, chemical process that was going on. It was a, as a, it was a result of the social situation that I was in where I had very little support. It was a result of the cultural message that mothering doesn't matter and that what I was doing wasn't valuable. And those were the factors that were influencing my experience. And so that was really, you know, the motto and the ethos and the idea behind this community. So that was the community that I was running in 2017 when a friend sent me this article and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I knew it. This is it. (laughs) That's a reason why this has been happening. And for me at that point, I had realized that it wasn't just me who was going through this because I had that opportunity to meet all of these other mothers and to hear other women's stories 
I was hearing that this is actually a really common experience. I'm not the only one who's going through identity shifts. I'm not the only one whose relationship is really different or who's not sure about their career anymore or whose goals are changing, who feels differently about their body. And so this word and this understanding was really like light bulbs, fireworks. Oh my God, this is what we're all feeling. And so from that point on, um, to give a bit of another, you know, layer of backstory, my background is in learning and development. I worked in adult education for 10 years before I became a mother. I specialized in working in corporate companies. And my job was to go into those companies and to essentially assess the learning needs of their people and create learning solutions to help them have a greater sense of well-being, greater sense of satisfaction, to improve their competency, to give them more skills. That was my job. And so I was going through this experience thinking, where are the tools? Where are the resources? Where's the information? Like, yeah. why is it that I can Google, you know, what are the best lunch boxes that you should yeah. buy for your kid when you're taking them to daycare? Or what's the best, you know, baby-led weaning strategy? And yet the things that I'm struggling with, identity loss, who am I now, career, relationships, body image, like all of those things, no one seems to be talking about those. I think why, sorry. sorry, why is the word matrescence? not mentioned once mm. when you're in antenatal class or any other class, any books. And well, there's some now, but you know what I mean? I was, because my story is very similar to yours. In fact, I think we need to have a coffee. <laughs> it sounds very, very similar. Um, and when I had the same thing, I was already onto my third baby when I found out what matrescence was and I, I cried mm. and I just went, oh my God, it, this is actually a thing. And then I also got really passionate about it and I, I got almost a bit angry where it's like, why the F didn't anyone tell me about this? Mm. Why didn't anyone tell me that this is really normal, that this is a developmental transformation and, you know, being a neuroscientist, that there are changes happening in the brain. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going crazy. Mm -hmm. I won't, sorry, I interrupted you, <laughs> but I was exactly the same because yeah. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like you could, there's, you know, oh, what will I name my baby um, forums and nursery colour um, just one of those little bits of paint things you can go and buy and get yeah. at the Dulux shop. And there's everything down to like 20,000 prams to choose from. But matrescence, no, let's not tell them about that. <laughs> yeah, know? I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, the, the, thing, the thing is, as you said, if we don't have a word and we don't have language and we don't have a framework to understand what we're going through, the thing that happens is that we think it's just us. We think exactly. it's just me. I'm alone. There's something that I'm doing wrong. I'm yeah. deficient. I'm defective as a mother because no one else seems to be having these same problems. And then generally what happens is that we don't talk about them. And when we don't talk about things, they fester, they're in the dark, they just get stronger and stronger. That story reinforces and repeats itself and it gets harder to break. So a word like matrescence and this framework can give mothers the permission to talk about their experiences, to realize that they're not alone, to break out of that sort of cycle of silence and shame and actually get some support, get some help, get some camaraderie, realize that it's not them. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you just said there, which is something I'm really passionate about, is that when you're talking about how, you know, there's this baby swatches and you can buy mm -hmm. this card and there's this information about buy this, buy this, buy this, is that Becoming a mother is a rite of passage and rites of passage reinforce the culture of our society, right? That's a big part of their function and their purpose. They are there 
to help us move from one group into the next. And whatever happens as we're moving through that rite of passage and moving from one group to the next tells us who we should, this is a quote from um, Jane Harwick Collins, the culture tells us who we need to be in order to move into and belong to that next group. So the rites of passage that happen culturally around a mother are rites of consumerism. So Mm -hmm. it's like to be a good mother, you need to be a good consumer. You need to buy this, you need to buy this latest pram or buy this pram or have this, um, you know, fancy nursery and all of that. It's all about reinforcing consumerism Mm -hmm. and it feels empty, you know, and that's why. And speaking of empty, I think a part of that is also um, the fact that we need to do it alone and the fact that it shouldn't be hard. And I think that's part of the problem that comes from women not speaking up because we feel alone because nobody's talking about it because everyone's too afraid to say this is actually really hard and it's it's affected me in this and this way and I don't know who I am anymore and I feel like having a baby is not what I expected and and if we actually had these conversations if we could if we could actually you know meet a mum at a playgroup or something and say well actually this is how I feel it'd be a whole different experience as well. Yeah. And, you know, again, the the culture and we can talk about, you know, some of the cultural influences on on mothers, but the culture benefits from us thinking that it's all our fault and that we're mm. not actually doing a good enough job. And mm. that if we could just buy the latest gadget or do more or um, wake up earlier or just juggle the balls a little bit better, then everything would be easier for us. The culture benefits from us not having conversations between mothers. It benefits from us thinking benefits from us thinking that it's all our fault Mm -hmm. because that maintains the status quo and the status quo is that mothers are overstretched overburdened that they are burnt out depleted and that they are carrying the lion's share of domestic labor Mm -hmm. and the care work right and the system has a vested interest you know I sound like a bit of (laughs) the system but the system (laughs) does have a vested interest in maintaining the status quo and so for us to break free of that it is through words like matrescence it is through coming together sharing our stories realizing that we're not alone it sounds simple but it's so powerful and there's so much so much um scientific research now to show that if a woman if the mother is struggling how it impacts the children mm-hmm. so if 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 society or the system wants to think that you know we can just silence them and put them in a corner or, or what however you want to phrase it at the moment the follow on effect from that is so huge because a we're not speaking to our children about how we feel so that our daughters when they become mothers won't continue those conversations and b there's actually mental health issues that get passed down from a mother that is struggling into her children and they've done this like down four years and beyond so it's not just in the immediacy when the when the mother is caring for the baby you know when it's a newborn and she's feeding it and looking after it in that way it's when they start to become self-sufficient and so it just puts a burden back on the society so it's a bit stealing from Peter to give the pool or what's that what's that saying do you know what I mean it's sort of yeah it's a bit crazy actually isn't it yeah it is it is yeah so you came across matrescence and you went (laughs) wow (laughs) which is what what happened to me and and how did you sort of involve that into the community that that you had so you built it up to 40,000 you said I think um so how did that also sort of come about 
Yeah, so um, I found the word matrescence and the learning and development educator in me was very excited about what this could mean. And I started doing a real deep dive into understanding what matrescence is, understanding this time of a woman's life more deeply. Um, I met was mentored by Dr. Aurelie Athen. I've done mentoring with um, Sophie Brock, Jane Hubbard Collings, a range of other phenomenal women. I pretty much took every single course I could find on mothering, matrescence, motherhood. And I studied um, women's lifespan neuroscience as well with Dr. Sarah McKay. And I really just kind of pieced together my own curriculum of trying to understand matrescence, trying to understand motherhood and this time of a woman's life. I'm also interested in, you know, the rites of passage lens and Mm -hmm. the spiritual development that's available at this time too. So I was taking a pretty holistic um, view of it. And as you would probably know, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, trainings around matrescence or around right. motherhood and mother support. So I really kind of pieced together my own um, curriculum guide and my own sort of approach based on what really interested me and supported me and helped me in my experience, because that has always been what's led me here is mm. I'm a mother. I had a transformation. I want to understand myself more. And also I'm in it. Like I'm in the mothering myself and I'm looking for those tools. I'm looking for those things to support myself first. And um, so I was doing that, doing lots of study. I ended up um, the Mama Tribe community. I had a relationship with COPE, the Centre of Perinatal Excellence, um, who are a national not-for-profit here in Australia that have different programs around uh, mental and emotional well-being for new parents. Yeah, so they are. And yeah. they ended up acquiring Mama Tribe in 2020. So they um, took over the community. It's now a part of their programs and support services for mothers. So they took it over in 2020. I started my podcast 2019 um, and then started, you know, starting to share the information and the tools and the resources that I had gathered and have found really powerful for me with other mothers through um, my online courses. And then that just kind of built over time. And what I found was, and like the reason for the certification program um, that I've just started is that. Uh, a mother would come into the group program really overwhelmed, feeling really lost, feeling really alone. And we would go through this process of understanding matrescence, learning different skills and tools, lots of self-reflection, lots of community connection, lots of women's circles in these programs. And they would have this huge transformation. They would have this big aha moment. They would feel more connected. They would be excited and, and inspired again for the future. And then at the end of the program, I'd have to say, okay, you know, now we're finishing. And then they would go, I'm not ready to finish. And now I want to, I want to be able to share this information with other people. Like I'm so inspired and passionate about madrasets. How can I do what you're doing? Like, can you mentor me? Can you teach me? And that was really how the teacher training that I offer now was born is because I had had these women um, at the end of the program and I've had we've just had our first cohort in 2020 we're enrolling for our second one now for 2023 and it's so amazing for me um, I actually interviewed one of the ladies on my podcast yesterday and she started a program with me um, around her own experience she's now come and done the professional training she's got her own business now supporting mothers and it's just it's so inspiring to see that shift and I think this is the power of matrescence, it's the power of honoring and acknowledging this time in a woman's life is that if we just have the information, if we have the tools, if we have the support, 
things can shift and change in really powerful ways. So that was kind of my journey um, to to now. And and so powerful in the sense of the dissemination of the information. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like this sort of ripple effect where you you're passing it on to her and she's passing it on to her students and she and then then maybe they become student, you know, people that pass it on to them. And that way, that's the way we'll change it. That's the way we'll change the world. I I don't think that um standing on a rooftop with a loudspeaker in this regard will help but I think that will help and like I said earlier that will trickle down into their children and you know and then then their children and hopefully you know in a few generations matrescence will be something that you learn about alongside how to have a baby like Mm -hmm. you go into antenatal class and you do matrescence class as well Mm -hmm. and to learn about yourself and I I um, do a lot of work with mothers about things that can come up during this time um, especially you know from a psychological perspective and I think it's just so important to be aware that there is this huge transformation. And for some women, it's life-changing. It was for me. For some, it's not so much, but there is a transformation of us. And I was just thinking actually in the car um, on the way here about how resistant we are as human beings to change. Mm -hmm. And um, I think you you were talking recently on a podcast I was listening to, and you were talking about how we don't let the change happen of this transformation. And, um, and that that's part of the reason why matrescence can be such a a daunting and challenging time. Yeah, I think um, as we're growing awareness around matrescence and that there is this process that's happening, um, I think, you know, it's important to remember some of those kind of foundational things with it. Like if we think about matrescence like an adolescent experience, every single child who becomes an adult goes through adolescence but how they experience it is going to be really unique to them and and be shaped and influenced by a range of different factors so you know where are they located in in the world Uh, how much support do they have what were their past experiences up until that point uh what's going on for them physically what's going on for them socially you know all of those different factors there's going to be personal things, you know, um, physical things, psychological things, as well as social and cultural things Mm. that shape how they experience that transition. So it's the same with matrescence. How we experience it, it's going to be shaped and influenced by all of these different factors, you know, personal factors as well as those social and cultural factors. And, you know, with that lens, we can then say matrescence is a universal experience, but it's a unique journey in that Everyone's going to be going through this, but how we experience it is going to be unique mm-hmm. to us based on, you know, what were we doing before we became a mother? How much support do we have? Are we a single mother? Are we partnered? Do we um, have a history of, you know, adverse, you know, experiences? Have we, did we experience birth trauma? Do Does our child have any additional needs? All of those things are going to shape and influence how we actually experience matrescence, which is really important here for a number of reasons. One of the biggest is that, we can't compare, you know, we can't well, compare. And also matrescence for me, and I think for a lot of mothers, is different with every child mm-hmm. because, again, we have changed. We've changed from the person we were at that point. Maybe, the you know, the background stuff hasn't changed that much. We still have similar experiences, but we've changed um, to that point again. And so for me, my greatest um, matrescence transformation was actually after my third baby, with my third baby. So, you know, I think that's really, really important to highlight as well that, it's different every time and it depends on what's happened. And in that period between children, so much could have changed for you. 
Um, so I think that's really good. Yeah, I think it's really important to to note. Yeah. So then the seasons of matrescence came, was born, <laughs> your model. Um, and I just find it so fascinating. And I think it is also such a, it's like a permission slip, isn't it? To just not be on all the time, to not just be, you know, the not that we could ever be the perfect mother, but that that mother that society wants us to be. And sometimes to just retreat. So please tell me to everything. Tell me everything about the seasons of matrescence and and your your program and um yeah. Yeah. Um well the seasons of matrescence really came about again through my own experience and me just working out what tools worked for me, sharing them with other people and then noticing whether or not it it worked and supported um them as well. So um my journey has been my journey as a mother a big part of it has been reconnecting with cycles and noticing, you know, coming back into my body noticing my body and noticing how uh, my, my physical body, my menstrual cycle reflects the seasons and the cycles around me, but also my inner, you know, life can also reflect those seasons and cycles around me. And I found a lot of comfort in, you know, returning to that idea of cyclicality mm -hmm to notice that there are times in my life where I do feel really on and I'm you know, doing all the things and ready, ready to go. And then there are times that I, I really need to rest and that opened up a lot of self-compassion for me. Gosh. So essentially the model, the seasons of matrescence model aligns the different phases and stages of change and transformation that we experience with the earth seasons the model draws on quite a few different theories. Um, so it aligns with rites of passage theory, change management theory, psychological models for change. And uh, the idea is that there are these four different stages of change or stages of transformation, seasons of matrescence. Autumn is the period of letting go and separation where something is starting to change within us or around us. Mm -hmm. Then there's the next stage, which is winter, which is the void, the womb space, the in-between, the cocoon, when you're, you know, not quite a caterpillar anymore, but you haven't yet kind of grown your wings and become a butterfly. So that's that in-between period. It's a fallow period where we might be hibernating. You can kind of think about this as being the time where you're planting the seed mm -hmm. and you put the seed down deep into the ground and you can't see that anything's happening on the top, but underneath the soil, all of this growth and transformation is taking place, but we can't kind of reap the rewards of it just yet. Then the next season moves into spring. This is a time of new beginnings, of growth, of possibility, starting to see that that little seed that's been planted is starting to grow some leaves and, you know, there's some potential coming here and there's a lightness returning, there's optimism. There's also a little bit of wobbly, wobbliness here as well, you know, we're maybe just kind of dipping our toe back out into the world or, or starting to test what those possibilities might be. And then the fourth stage is summer, which is when we're sort of at the culmination of the cycle where we're maybe feeling really um, embodied, really full, life is busy, we're seeing the fruits of our labour from all of the transformation that we've been through. And so with these four seasons of matrescence, um, what we can do is identify where a mother is at now in her mothering journey. She might be in an autumn, a winter, a spring, or a summer. And then based on where she is, we can identify the potential challenges that she's got going on right now. And we can also give her the right support that she needs based on the season that she's in. There's a couple of reasons why I'm really passionate about the, this model. The first is that 
um, as you said, and you spoke about in your own experience, this isn't a one-time transformation. Mm-hmm. Retrescence isn't something that we just knock over in the first year and we go, okay, well, that's done now. I'm yeah. fully transformed and I'm finished and I'm, you know, that's it for me with my mothering journey. And I think this we, isn't on- sorry, so- I was just going to say, and I think we need to be careful with that when we compare it to adolescence yes. as well. Yeah. yeah. And this is an ongoing journey of change and transformation. We go through different phases and stages. For some women, they might find the newborn experience really blissful. And they might have a very sleepy baby and they might just, you know, breeze through it. And then at 18 months, they experience their challenge. Mm. That's their experience. For someone else, it might be that they're really challenged at the beginning and then they breeze through the toddler time. Or someone might breeze through the first four, five, six years and then have their their challenge come at at Mm. school time. Someone might experience a pregnancy loss. They're still moving through matrescence. Someone could experience a relationship breakdown, a change of jobs, the loss of a loved one. All of those things are going to impact our experience of matrescence. And so what we're saying by using this model is that there's no timeline that you have to be on here. You can identify where you are right now. You're going to be moving through these different changes and transitions and um, we're, what we're really wanting to do is show you that this is the map of how, how you might be moving through. You can identify where you are right now and get the right support that you need. And also the other part of this is that, you know, when we're going through these really challenging times, when you're in a winter, maybe, you know, first time mom, identity, big identity shift, big life shift. And I remember thinking, and I speak to so many mothers who feel this way too, is like, um, when you're in that winter, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of this. Mm. Like, when am I going to start feeling like myself again? Is this just my life now? When yeah. are things going to start feeling easier for me? And so if we can locate a mother within you know, a broader cycle of her experience and say, look, right now, this is where you are. You're in a winter. This might be what you're having some challenges with. This is what you need from a support perspective. And also you're not going to be here forever. This mm-hmm. is where you're going next. It goes into spring. Can you see that before you were in autumn? So it helps you kind of locate yourself within that cycle and have that sense of a forward momentum. It is a wellness model and a, a growth and resilience model where we're saying, you know, this is the process that mm-hmm. you're going through. I think that's so important from a psychological perspective for somebody to say, no, no, this isn't it. Because I thought that too. I thought, well, this must be just it now. You know, this is just how life is going to be from now on. And I think it's so important um, if you haven't been through it before to, to for somebody to tell you no this yeah. is just winter <laughs> yeah yeah and you know aligning it with the rite of passage framework as well rites of passage have three stages so you have the separation stage where it's the separation from who you were before right so you leave behind maybe that's the last day of work maybe that's the um the pregnancy and the birth process where you're actually separating from that version of yourself then you have the transformation that takes place. This is the liminal space where you're not who you were before and you're not quite yet who you're becoming. This is the the phase that's most difficult. So that's the winter, right? It's the part where it's a lot of stuff that comes up and this part needs a lot of support. And then the third stage of a rite of passage is integration. So that's where you're feeling more embodied in your new identity. You feel more um, confident and uh, whole in your new role as a mother maybe in your relationships and that aligns with that spring summer kind of energy so for me um i i really love 
um, the cyclical process because it gives you a lot of self-compassion to be where you are Mm -hmm. and not to expect yourself to be in winter, to be in the liminal space, the transformation, and still be living like you're in summer. Like you can say, actually, look at what I've got going on right now. This is what I where I am. I need to hibernate. I need to get my support at this time. This is my time for receiving support. I'm not in summer. I'm not giving. Yes. So this is um, a model that I think can help people open up a lot of self-compassion as well as that you know, clarity for where they are now and where they're going. Yeah. And do you think it just we just continue to cycle through our lifetime? Because I believe that you're, you're always postpartum. There's no past postpartum period until the day you die, it <laughs> finishes. Um, because I have, I've had clients in the past who've been grandmothers or I shouldn't say grandma, old, older ladies who children, whose children have left home for whatever reason. And it was also a very, very t- tough transition back into that, you know, who am I now that my children aren't here and my children don't need me anymore. And that's when I started thinking, I think that matrescence lasts a lot longer than we are led to believe like this. It's not certainly not just the fourth trimester. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's, it's not good when we tell mothers that it is just, you know, a one year process or a two year process because it is ongoing. Yeah. And I believe that our lives are cyclical and that we move through these different phases and stages and that this is life, right? Yeah. Life is change and movement and, this is as well a big part of the model and the I guess the objective for me is that I want to support a mother with where she is right now and whatever challenge she's going through. So maybe she's a new mum, she's struggling with identity shifts and she's in a winter. Mm. And also I want to give her a framework and tools and confidence that she can navigate her next winter. This is a map that she can use forever for all of the different changes and transitions that she goes through. So I think, you know, as practitioners working with mothers, we want to, we don't ever want to make someone reliant on us for. No, that's what? the key, right? <laughs> so it's about education and yeah. tools and resources. So you can say, look, this is the map. The, ter- the, the journey is going to be a little bit different each time. Right now you might be dealing with identity loss. In the future, it might be your child starting school, and that that's actually a really big transition that was too. Big, it that was, was massive. Especially my third baby starting school. I didn't realize how big it was, and now I've got my eldest is starting. I told you he's at his transition day today, mm-hmm. and I've a lot of stuff has come up for me that I sort of I couldn't make sense of it, and I was like, I think it's that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more shifts in the matrescence journey. Yeah, and so that's what that's what my objective always is: is that here's the map here's here's how you can identify where you are right now and also let's educate you about what you need to do in each season what the challenges might be and what tools you can use to support you so that next time it happens you can go oh okay I'm in winter oh oh, I'm in autumn all right this is my time of letting go what do I need to call on now what tools do I have in my toolkit that I can use in this moment I love that. I love it so much also because it takes so much of the uncertainty and the fear out of it because when you don't know what's coming next and you're unsure where you are and, you know, things seem a little bit hazy, it's sort of like this, like you said, a framework. There's kind of like a a path. There's a path out of out of whatever it is and often it's the discomfort we want to leave, right? We're not going, when we're in summer, we're not going, oh, I, I want this to end now. But um, 
I love, I just love that because there is so much uncertainty and so much fear in motherhood and especially for, for first time mothers, new mothers that it, yeah, it's like, it just, I, I, I'm lost for words. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. It's like a guide, you know, mm. and basically it's a cuddle to say everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And yeah. I love that Nikki. Awesome. Mm. I love it. Thank you. One of the things I'm really passionate about as well is that we can educate mothers about matrescence before they become mothers. Yeah, and me too. yeah. <laughs> there seems to be this idea that, you know, you don't talk about it until you've had your baby. And I just think we do new mothers a real disservice when we yep. don't provide them with this information and knowledge and understanding. And for me, this is why um, I like this model as well is because you have language and a way of talking about it in a way that's not too confrontational mm-hmm. because the thing that often happens is, you know, with when new mothers are spoken to about motherhood and preparing for it, it can have that energy of scaremongering and, yeah, you know, absolutely. just you wait, you're never going to sleep again, you know, just you wait until you've got a three-year-old or whatever, like that's not helpful but we can do it in a way that's really, you know, respectful and empowering of that woman. And that's also still preparing her. So we align and we have different stages and, you know, seasons based on different aspects of motherhood. But one of the ones that we use for first time pregnant mothers is pregnant is um, autumn. So autumn's that time of separation and of change. So we can talk to new mothers about, Right now you're in the season of autumn. These are the sorts of things that might be happening. And also you're about to go into postpartum. This is most likely going to feel like a winter. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about what happens in winter. Let's talk about how we can prepare for that hibernation and that falling away. And what does that look like? So it gives us language and a framework to start talking to women about this before their babies Mm -hmm. come and start helping them prepare because it can't just be that you have to wait until they're suffering, right? And that's the that I was going to say. It's not just until they've gone through it. It's until that they're at a point of suffering yeah. where they're going to the GP and going, I think there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. That's that's crisis point. It's too late. It's yeah. too late. Yeah, it is. And um, unfortunately, that's what happens, I think, to many mothers is that you, you don't yeah. hear about it until you're at your at the point of thinking like there's something wrong I'm I'm this is too hard I'm not doing a good enough job or whatever it might be and, and that's just not okay and they cry in a crisis in an acute crisis point like that you want a quick fix which is fair enough you need some sort of a circuit breaker and so the the general practitioners usually the first port of call because we don't have education around this and we don't have services. And so yet you can go, like there are lots of mental health, um, perinatal mental health services now, but they're not quick fixes generally. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, you've been there as well. We, we like, I don't think that I can go into an, an in-service place or turn up for the next three months on a Thursday to fix this. I need something now. And it's yeah. just too late. Mm-hmm. And so women go through the first part of their their life a lot of women the majority I would almost say thinking that there is something wrong with them and that my brain has done me a disservice and that I'm just I'm useless and and I wasn't born to be a mother and all these things almost makes me cry just saying it out loud when really it's it's matrescence it's a transformation it's um a beautiful spiritual awakening if you let it be 
that society has, like you said in the beginning, pushed down and 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 kind of turned in, into something that you should just suck it up and mother on the resume, mm. you know? Mm. And it's it's so sad and it's so sad in a way that women have to go, like you and I have to go through this to come back out the other end to go, wait a minute, this isn't exactly, this is not what it's like. Not mm. everybody does that, you know, but most people don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's just so wrong. It's just so wrong. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that matrescence becoming a mother can be a real maturation process. It can be a real developmental shift as are other rites of passages yeah. that women experience in their life, like menopause, like men are. So first period and, this idea that we're growing and becoming more of who we are and maturing and becoming more empowered, maybe using our voices more, starting to be a little bit more of a threat as well to those existing systems. It's very interesting that mm. those, you know, rites of passage, those moments in women's lives are squashed down because they do have that power for transformation, for growth, for development. Mm. So by yeah, for power. (laughs) So by reclaiming them and you know honoring them, what we're really doing is allowing ourselves and and women and mothers to be more powerful, to be more embodied, to feel more um, you know, capable of using their voices. Like you get between (laughs) I just think back to like my experience. Like I was such a good girl, like I would never, I was a fast never use my voice. And then I remember I've had moments with my son where I've really had to speak up for him and I've done it. And I've like kind of shocked myself. Like like, you really, you really found your voice there. Right. Because there is this awakening of like, this is my responsibility. Like he's my responsibility. I've got to speak up. I've got to be the mother in this situation. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's that same process with menopause as well you just kind of give a little bit give a little bit less f's around you know what people think or what people might say and so again by like leaning into these processes and allowing ourselves to have these rites of passage we're able to kind of disrupt the status quo and i and i think it's so it's so good because women are powerful creatures anyway and if you look at it from a from a um work perspective like if you know say, for instance, with you in the, in the corporate world, imagine a, ma- a mother coming back from maternity leave in her power mm. and going, I'm just going to nail my job. I'm going to, you know, climb up because there's all these quotas about women being on boards and we need more women, more women, more women. Well, let's support the mothers because the majority mm. of women in the businesses are mothers. So if mm. you support the mothers. And then, like I said earlier as well, you're also supporting the child because mm. if you've got a great mother who's stepped within her power and who who feels mentally very well and um, has great well-being generally, well, she's going to raise a, a well-rounded, thriving child. Mm. It's, just, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, we're, we're up against it, I think, culturally, like especially in the career space. It can be quite disheartening to read some of the statistics that women are, are facing around discrimination, around biases in the workplace. And so we do have so far to go. But again, I think this is about that 
the the maturation, the development and the claiming of like, yeah. actually, I'm here to take up space. Actually, you can't tell me not to take up space or to be quiet or to not use my voice. Like I'm here um, and I deserve to be here and I, I'm going to, you know, get what's mine. I'm going to claim what's mine and, and I'm deserving of that. So I think the more that we can do to support mothers through this process and just to support mothers in generally, like we really are the linchpin of the community the linchpin of society as you said we're raising the future generation we're having this huge impact on the well-being of the health there's a beautiful um quote by rachel garcia saliga who's a nate traditions on um, instagram and she's like if you want to know the health of the community look to the health of the mothers i think that's so powerful right so because true. because if the mothers are not well then the community can't be well yeah and it's kind of like my slogan. It's like if if the mother thrives, her children will thrive, the world will thrive. It's just, it's just, it's and it's actually so simple. And I I think that, like you said earlier, we need to go downstream. We need to start when the mother starts thinking about having a baby, maybe even, but certainly before the baby's here. And you don't have to go into the full shebang, you know, you don't have to go, to go, go through the, all the gory details, but just know this is a rite of passage. You are going to change in the most beautiful way if you educate yourself and, or, you know, let yourself be educated, inform yourself, understand yourself, dig into yourself a little bit. And it doesn't need to be scary. It doesn't need to be something terrifying. Yeah, definitely. I think um, matrescence, one of the things I've been sitting with a little bit late, lately is that we need an intergenerational solution for matrescence. Yeah. Like it can't just be up to the mothers to carry everything, to carry the spreading and the dissemination of this information. We need to be having maidens and margas and crones also involved in this process. It can't just be up to mothers. We need to educate people who aren't mothers about matrescence. Mm. It should be and hopefully will be as commonplace to talk about matrescence as it is to talk about adolescence. So remembering that it was only 100 years ago that the word adolescence was actually even coined and yeah. yet we now know that this is such a huge part of every person's life. And not just not just know we know we've got research like it's studied now I think um I did a podcast the other day I can't rem remember exactly what it was but we've got so many journals scientific like peer-reviewed scientific journals are the, the the gold standard in science that are dedicated just to adolescence and within those journals are you know article after article after article so yeah and and I think I think it's wonderful now obviously people saw that we needed to help um I don't want to use the word help but like be their support this time in a in a child slash adult's life and hopefully hopefully we can do that for the mother as well because I just think that yeah like I said if the mother's thriving the whole world will thrive it's just it's a no-brainer definitely yeah Ah, oh, Nikki, this has been amazing. I could just talk to you for hours. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your um, Seasons of Matrescence work and your thoughts and your insights and everything with us. I think it's so such an important conversation to have, but also probably things that a lot of mothers haven't thought about. So thank you very much for that. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. And I agree I could talk talk to you all day. Thank you so much for listening to Mama Unleashed. I truly believe that knowledge and understanding around what happens to women when we become mothers 
and as we journey through motherhood are the foundation to feeling happy in motherhood. I look forward to bringing you another episode to help you thrive in motherhood next time. And if you can't wait until then, you can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jen Hacker-Pearson for more motherhood information, knowledge, and science-based tools. And don't forget, please tell your friends about this, this podcast. Spread the love and let's get every mother thriving. For when mothers thrive, their children thrive, the world thrives. I'm Dr. Jennifer Hacker-Pearson. See you next time.